Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this is the Here's My Thing podcast. In my freshman year of college, I took a writing class taught by a priest who was a huge Oakland A's fan. They just so happened to make a run into the playoffs that year, the A's. And it seemed before every class, Father Hannon would talk about a game and about how active his group chat with his nephews was during it. He'd take out his iPhone 4 and put on some reading glasses, and then hold his phone three feet away from his face as he relayed text messages. He watched the games on a flat-screen TV in his room, which he made very clear was paid for and gifted to him by the university, assuring us that he hadn't broken his vow of poverty. Spoken like he'd found a loophole in the system, the way one might break the news that you don't actually have to buy water from McDonald's, you can just ask for a cup. He was nice. I think best described as sweet and frail, is someone who, no matter how much chapstick he applied, always had chapped lips. He told us he was Irish and because of that, a frequent victim to the sun. Luckily, we were in Portland, but whenever it peeked out and around the clouds, we'd know both from his pink face, but also a quick rant welcoming fall weather. Rarely did I go to his office hours. His breath smelled like he brushed with Earl Grey Colgate. It was all he drank, tea. Walking into class, he'd stack two paper cups from the shop downstairs. Had it not been for his devotion to the priesthood or from him being an English teacher, the only reason I knew he wasn't sipping lean was from the long string and branded paper square that hung out of the cups. I'm certain that not once in his life had he ever used a bad word. I I think even feeling bad substituting in crud or, or frick. I feel even more confident that he never talked down on anyone. No matter how awful the person was or what they said, someone who decorates their car bumper with those silicon testicles could tell him that the clerical clothing looks terrible on him. It's so bad that he might reconsider his faith so he wouldn't have to wear it. Which he would reply with something along the lines of, Hey, I appreciate that insight. Maybe I could style my hair differently? And when he wasn't in clerical clothing, he was usually wearing a quiet collar t-shirt that he tucked into a pair of khakis that you'd only find in generational cabinets. The ones that don't run on a metal track when you open them, but just wood on wood, clanking as you shake them. The classroom ambiance reminded me of a carpool I had full of 8th graders heading to go do volunteer work. None of them had any choice they had to go, almost all of which begrudgingly loading into the SUV, resting their heads in their palms looking out the window as one of the moms said how fun it was going to be. Only one of my classmates was really enthusiastic, only one to raise their hand to participate. She seemed like the person in elementary school to lead her class to the assemblies at all costs, the one who sacrificed lunchtime to monitor the halls, everyone else engaged at his mercy. It wasn't a popcorn reading type of class, for the most part an open discussion with Father Hannon leading the way. Because of this, if you happen to space out or given to the fatigue that came with running on an empty stomach after a night of natural light, you'd be able to work around most of the questions, answering with something largely vague, even somewhat rhetorical. Anything you'd like to add, John? Uh, I mean, I enjoyed what I read. But my big struggle when reading this piece, what really is the context we're presented with? The words peace and context went a long way. It added a depth to your character that people wouldn't realize was pretentious until a few semesters down the road, long after you'd taken the course. 
If you could end your answer flustered or pass the baton to someone else, you were bulletproof. Clearly, it's fairly introspective, uh, contextually speaking, but I have no idea to what extent that influenced the entirety of, of the piece. Does anyone else know what I'm shooting for here? It was also one of my first classes in college that I took. A time before I had sunk low enough to drink a monster at 1.30 in the morning just to ensure that I would pass a 200-level finance class. Not yet humbled, not yet broken down. Just a 19-year-old with the belief that all I needed to coast through this course was a quick summary of the readings and then some facial expressions. But then November came along, quickly closing in on my first ever Thanksgiving as a college student. One where I thought I would come home with double the facial hair than when I left. With a new worldview, not one quite as broad as a general studies major from a liberal arts college, but of one from a person who had found someone to buy them beer already on a regular basis. One of my last classes before my flight home, Father Hannon had assigned us a reading that ultimately had something to do with a test of of moral. I don't I don't really actually know. I, I didn't read it. So while the class was talking about the eight pages we were assigned, I was probably thinking about the six SoundCloud playlists I had just assembled, or what my friends back home would think of me now that I wore snapbacks in public. I'd pick some stuff up here and there during the discussion, uh, a car on a railroad, you can only choose one, but that was about it. Father Hannon, seeing that I was in another realm far from this class and, and even farther away from the discussion, asked for my take. How about you, John? What would you choose? As anyone would do when caught in the act, I crinkled up my forehead and made some inaudible noises as if the question was really playing with my own moral compass. I worked with what I had. I mean, I, I think the real question is, how expensive is the car? Father Hannon seemed slightly perturbed, answering, Well, I'm not sure that matters. Well, it does, because if it's a Honda Civic, I mean... Why would I choose that? Talking out of my ass, I dug myself into a hole, a hole that would take a 40-foot ladder to get out of. But if it's a 911 Porsche, I mean, come on, I'd choose that. So you choose to save the Porsche, Father Hannon asked, now with concern. Yeah, I think so. I looked around at the class. And many of which looking at me with a similar look, some laughing, as if they couldn't believe what I just said. Father Hannon took a moment. So you would save the Porsche from the train, he paused, and let the train hit the baby. Whatever I was thinking about while this very twisted and highly unlikely scenario had been crafted now held no importance. My face went a flush red. I sat in my chair and let my jaw drop just a bit and didn't say anything for a few seconds. Then a few more seconds. Then a few more seconds. It was too late for me to laugh it off as a joke. I was to either come clean and admit that I was not paying attention to anything that he was saying, conceding my position, blowing my cover, taking the power out of the words, peace and context. Surely Father Hannon was aware of the smoke I was blowing, but soon the class would learn of my fraud. Or I could ride it out, not budge. In doing so, own the answer, letting Father Hannon think that I'm a terrible person, one without a moral compass. 
one that hangs silicon testicles from their bumper. Everyone, my name is John Russos, and this has been another installment of the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.